Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. What's happening, KIP Nation? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You have been such a faithful group. I want to salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and pray, pray God's explicit blessings over your life, not just blessings to receive things, but blessings to draw nigh unto him while it is yet day for the night cometh where no man can work. God, give us a will, a mind, and a heart to serve you with everything that is within us. And by serving you, we serve the nations. And by serving the nations, we therefore exert influence in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we want to pick up again where we kind of left off. We kind of we're talking about screwing God, and I've I've already dealt with this nefarious title, uh, so I hope we don't have to go over that again. You can go back and listen to the podcast before it, but I just want to jump right in and kind of you know talk further about the topic screw God, and and even at the end, there's a, a passage of scripture, Psalms two, that kind of really illustrates this and in, in, in the king james version it opens up with why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing and, and it literally talks about people who have been blessed by god and yet they want to attack god they want to be set free of the slavery if you will that's what they uh that's what it says in the new living translation in the slavery of god and so it's it's in, in, incredulous that people can look around the world and see the blessings of God and yet not to want to be tied to a God who loves us so much to make sure that we have everything we need. I mean, the Genesis account has nothing to do with God. Every ecosystem that was put in place in the Genesis account was put in place for us. God doesn't need the air, God doesn't need water, God doesn't need land, God doesn't need fruit, doesn't need trees, doesn't need any of those things. But one of the things that God wants from us is a reciprocation. I've given you these things and all I want from you is for you to worship me. Now we'll we'll get into that a little bit more, but 
there are 8 billion people in the world today, approximately 8 billion people. Um, and out of this 8 billion people, approximately 3 billion people in the world say that they are Christians in one way, form, or another. Now, some people say they're Christians just because they believe in God. But that doesn't necessarily make you a Christian because it's not just a belief in God. It's a belief in his finished work. So that means that we have to believe that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. In other words, God wrapped himself up in human flesh and sent us himself so that he might become a gift for us that while we were yet sinners, he, Christ, would die for us. And when he died for us, that they would give us a right to eternal life. So God knew that we would mess up. So he gave us his son so that we could uh, uh, bless up or bless him and and be saved again and, and come back into the right standings with God. So, um, but many people today say that they're Christians, but they really have never confessed Jesus Christ in their life as the Lord and Savior. That's the short of the story. They've never confessed Christ. Other people say they're Christians because they got baptized. And that doesn't mean that you're a Christian because you got baptized. If I go dip myself in water, that, that means absolutely nothing unless there's a salvific experience because baptism is uh, an outward profession, uh, an outward profession of an inward confession. So, so I showed myself to God. I've given myself to God and then I've died to myself in order to receive God into my life. And when I get baptized and when I'm submerged in the water, it says that I've died. My sins are washed away. And it's a profession to the entire world that I now love God and I am a believer. I am a Christian. And so being baptized doesn't make you a Christian. And and then others say they're Christians because they go to church and I remember going to church when I was young and I was nowhere near saved. Uh, I went to church for all the wrong reasons. And, and some of you went to church for some of those same reasons. So we're not going to go into any details about that. But it gets to a point where we have to begin to mature in our lives. And as many of you are maturing and we're getting older, I, I look at sports and, and athletics. And I've been a fan of sports for a very, very long time. As a matter of fact, most of the athletes that I watch when I were a kid, now all have gray hair. And so, uh, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is probably 75 years old. Uh, Magic Johnson have gray hair because he cut it off. But Julius Irving and uh, uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe and Walt Frazier and all of the other Die Brothers. I call them the Die Brothers because they all die in the hair if they're still black. Uh, and, and they're all senior citizens now. And the fact of the matter is, that I've been around for a long time, and in a long time, you begin to look at life out of different lenses. You either become bitter, and you become bitter with God, and you get that screw God mentality, or you begin to understand the nature of God, and you begin to understand uh, what things are, are going on in your life. But it, even as I look at those NBA players, what I'm saying to you is that they're getting younger and younger and younger and younger, which means I'm getting older. And some of you out there are getting older. And it's time to make some real decisions about your life. So what shall you render for his many benefits? You know God has been good to you. Stop playing. He has been very good to us. 
uh, on our job, with our wife, with our children, even if we didn't have uh, a good life per se. And God still has a plan for our lives. And I, and, I, and I talked about that last week. So if you're struggling with your life, you need to go back and listen to Screw God 1 and, and understand that what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. And sometimes we have to go through things, not just for ourselves, but we go through things for the body. And, and it may not make sense, but it, you'd be surprised the difference it makes to speak to someone who has been raped when you've been raped and you've overcome by the blood of the lamb. You, you'd be surprised how it, it, it changes and impacts a person's life. If you've been in drugs or in drug culture and you're able to speak from a perspective of I once was, I was once blind and, and lost, but now I'm found. But, and, and then be able to teach them how to cross that same bridge. It makes a difference when you've had trauma in your life when you speak to a trauma victim, when you have experienced post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome and, and you can speak to these issues to other people and it may seem like it was very hurtful and detrimental to you, and it was, but it gave you the battle scars and your battle scars have healed because God is good and now you're able to speak from a position of authority. I'm an authority on this kind of pain, of this kind of hurt, or this kind of trauma, or this kind of self-injury, or this kind of self-medication, and I can help somebody else. So if our one year, or two years, or 10 years, or 20 years can help 20,000, then if we look at it through the eyes of God, maybe it makes sense now. And maybe we don't have to say, screw God. Maybe the divorce wasn't so bad after all, if we can help other people not get a divorce. It, it, it's the, one of those things that, uh, uh, again, God thinks beyond our thinking. He, he, he sees beyond our seeing. He, he helps beyond our capacity to help. He, he knows what he's doing and he never makes any mistakes. So listen to this. Listen to this. This is treatise. It's coming from my heart. Every day God wakes us up and we fail to say thank you. He died for the remission of our sins so we can be forgiven and we don't repent. We don't ask God to forgive us and we don't turn when we repent. He composed a book over a period of 1500 years using 40 different authors with the singular message. The singular message is this. I love you. I love you all. And yet we fail to significantly reinvest our time in prayer and study or the reading of this advanced love letter known affectionately as the word of God. We don't have time for God. We don't have time for church. We don't have time for people. We're messed up. We are messed up because we are so concerned about trying to be something that we'll wind up being nothing. Because if we don't become something in God, then we're nothing. We may be the world's greatest and God's worst. So watch this. We listen to other people talk about the fact that there's not enough evidence to, to prove that there is God. People say that there's no evidence of God. Really? Come on. We can all just look at each other and see biological and anatomical order and structure that had to be created by an intelligent intellectual that we call God. He's an intelligent intellectual. He's beyond our capacity to think. He he thinks faster than we do, and he thinks more complicated than we could possibly think. I, 
I, I, I, I thought about that and God gave me the revelation. I, I looked it up. Uh, Padilla.com says this. There's a difference between intelligent and intellectual. Uh, and it's simply this. An intelligent person is able to learn and understand things quickly and easily. Whereas an intellectual person is able to think and understand things, especially complicated ideas. And so intelligence is merely the ability to learn things quickly. But to be an intellectual is, is the capacity to understand complicated ideas and thoughts. This is inherently our God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Bible says this about our God. His ways are not our ways, but they are as far as the heavens are from the earth and the east is from the west. So we can't comprehend God. We can't comprehend the mind of God. And so a lot of times people are saying, screw God, because they don't understand God. But there's only one way to understand God, and that's by reading his word. So then understand this simple concept. The entire world, when viewed through the divine or correct lens, and I call this a biblical worldview, is full of order and structure. From the oceans we fish and swim in, to the skies we fly in, to the land that we now occupy and we drive on or walk on. We see order and structure in every area of our global ecosystem. An ecosystem, BKA, better known as our biosphere. Every day and everywhere I see God. Everywhere and every day I see evidence that God exists, that there's an intelligent being. I watch this. An intelligent intellectual that created us and not only created us, but he created our beginning and created our end and he lives to see us enter into the kingdom of heaven. So watch this. Chaos and disorder and dysfunction are negative behavioral patterns that are only perpetuated by humanity. And yet even in that I see God because I understand the world is full of antithetical things. Those are things that are opposite of each other. And so if we can have negative behavioral patterns, if we operate in chaos and disorder and dysfunction, then God operates in order, supreme order, intellectual order, intelligent order. And this order is seen in our DNA. It's seen in every ecosystem that exists, land, water, or sea. So one of our most self-destructive human desires is to live in a world absent of God. That's crazy. We need God. God gives us simple rules of daily engagement that we can afford not to follow. Here they are. Love the Lord your God with your whole mind, your soul, and with all your strength. There's nothing complicated about that. Then, number two, love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Very simple. Instead, we rather embrace, and this may not be you, but we're all in this human race. And in this human race, we see human trafficking. We see abuse, the abnormal use of people for human gain or human pleasure, the abuse of children and spouses and each other. We abuse each other mentally, physically, verbally, and spiritually and emotionally. We, 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 we be literally tripping on each other. 
We commit acts of racism and murder and perpetual hate and rage and jealousy and every sort of heinous, violent, and wicked act imaginable and unimaginable. And we look at God because we don't understand God and we say, screw God, but God loves us. Even when we say the crazy things that we say, there's still redemption. So Psalms 1 from the New Living Translation, Psalms 2 says, why, did the nations, why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one, against Jesus. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. The Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king, Jesus, on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son today. I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. God has given Jesus authority over the earth. But Jesus doesn't want to smash the earth. He wants to love the earth. That's why he died. He, he allowed himself to die. He killed himself for us so that we could go the easy way and not the hard. Verse 10 says, Now then you kings act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities, for his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. Listen, some scriptures just don't need interpretation. That makes perfect sense to me. Turn from your wicked ways, turn from my sins, turn from my errors, turn from my human lifestyles, and turn to a lifestyle filled with the grace and mercy of Almighty God. Listen, you've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. We've been talking about the topic, Screw God. This is Screw God Part 2. Share with your neighbors and friends and all your colleagues. I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed day. And remember, go and influence the nations. God bless. See you next week.